Carly! Hey! Welcome to Pillows on the Windows. It's a movie podcast. Car, I have in my hands a Coca-Cola coffee. Are you ready? No. I've never tasted one of these before. I'm very excited. No. Let's go. No. Mm. Boy, that's awful. Okay, Car. <laughs> Wait, you got to explain more because I don't know anything about this. Oh, it's a new uh, energy drink slash coffee no. beverage called Coca-Cola no. coffee or Coca-Cola with coffee. I'm drinking the vanilla flavor. And what it tastes like <laughs> is coffee that has been left out to sit yeah. mixed with vanilla Coke. That sounds so, so, so awful to me. Mm. Well, I need the caffeine. So here we go. Woo! Oh, God. I really think that coffee... Pre-made coffee drinks are some of the most offensive things in the entire world. Offensive to your taste buds? Yes. Okay. I don't mind them. Is it the sugar that throws you off? It's the sugar. Yeah. Yeah. I like sugary drinks. I'm a child. <laughs> um, <laughs> this is really gross, but I'll keep drinking it because it's got that like caffeine thing where it's like I sh I'll keep drinking this even though I, my body's rejecting it because it makes my like heart beat faster or whatever. You know what yeah. I'm saying? That sounds Ooh. really cool. Though. All right, we got to talk. <laughs> Why wouldn't they just add talk more movies. caffeine to the regular Coke recipe? It's illegal to do so. No, it's not. They couldn't sell it in Kansas or whatever. You're joking. I'm making things up, Car. Let's talk uh, about okay. anime. <laughs> okay, sure. <laughs> Car, are you ready to pull the ripcord on this anime plan? No. Okay, fine. I think we're going to steadily improve. I know, but I've seen all the good ones already. <laughs> I didn't think this was a good one. We're talking, of course, about Castle in the Sky, the second Ghibli film. Or the first one, but it's the second one because Nausicaa was the first one, but it wasn't technically a Ghibli film car. Yeah, this one feels like if they made Nausicaa and then they came up to me, Carly, and they were like, how can we make it the same, but a little bit better? And then they took my notes on it. <laughs> and then they made another. You have some really movie. weird notes. Have the girl wear big <laughs> pants instead of flesh colored pants. That said. is a good note. That's an improvement. <laughs> Absolutely an improvement. Let's have the same non-plot in a different way. Like, let's have yeah. nothing happen, but in a completely different way. Yeah, but this time they're kids, which is better to me. And they're cute, okay. and I like how this looks much, much more. Not because I yeah. think it necessarily looks better. Like, I don't know how to objectively judge that. I just like the settings a lot more. Yeah, yeah. And I like that it's not, like, weird princess stuff. It It is. But she feels like a normal girl, whereas the other yeah. character was, like, such a cipher. She, I, I feel like she's totally a cipher in this film. She has like no lines of dialogue in this movie. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> she's like, tree nature good? Yeah. And then James Vanderbeek says, yes, stupid. Let me explain <laughs> to you. I am a sky pirate child and such and such. And then the bad guy is bad. Yeah. You know? I liked the, like, who they call mom character. Mm -hmm. The, like. Sort of Mom pirate? from Futurama, yes. <laughs> Is it? Uh, basically, she's got like the three sons with her okay. all the time, and she's always calling them stupid and slapping them and 
doing evil things. Yes. Yeah, I like that. I thought that was funny and good. Okay. I I was with that until it was like a uh, castle girl in the kitchen and then all the guys are like trying to be there with yeah. her. And that's like the comedic element of this movie is like, isn't it funny that grown men are trying to get with this 12 year old? Yeah, that's not good. Yeah, that kind of threw me off the whole <laughs> thing they were going for. But OK. Yeah. It just comes yeah, out of bad. nowhere, too. And then it's gone. Yeah, and like that was one of those where moments where I was like, "Have I not been paying attention? Like, did I miss <laughs> <Right>. something here? <laughs> Is this the theme?" <laughs> yeah. No, that I shouldn't be there. So. That's objectively bad. Um, I just have a problem. I think with the way these movies just kind of start in media res or whatever, where there's no like intro to this movie. At least, it's not a. It's not a. It. It's a narrative structure we've seen in like every single animated film, but it doesn't have that strong beginning for me where it like jumps me into that groove. It's just like she's on a ship, I guess. And hey, there's ships in this world. And then she's falling out of the ship, but she can fly because she has a stone and they want the stone. And it goes on from there. Like there's no there's no actual logic to anything that's happening. It's all just like dream logic. That's fine. But. What would I, you, I guess, like, how would you change it to make it better? Um, I don't know. Maybe I would start with the boy to kind of, mm. you know, solidify that. And then, like, the girl falls into his life instead of us starting with the girl and having kind of all these details kind of just in the ether around her. And then some of that kind of is explained, but it's explained I feel like through dialogue of people explaining it to each other or something. I just don't think there's like a strong narrative element to this film. And it feels more narrative focused than Nausicaa did. Yeah. I like the world a lot. That they kind of wrap around it where it's like Sky Pirates and stuff. Like Sky Pirates is awesome. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to argue with Sky Pirates. And I think <laughs> the animation is incredible. Um, but... The I like I was just trying to think the whole time if this would have gotten me as a kid or not. And I feel like no. I feel like way more than Nausicaa for sure. Yeah, Nausicaa would have scared me as a kid, I think. I think I would have been so bored. I don't think there's any yeah. way I would have made it through Nausicaa. Yeah, but I feel like the last third of this movie is really boring also. I feel like I would have fallen off. Yeah, I wanted it to be over when they just make it up to the robot and they're like prancing around in the field. I thought it was done. I didn't realize that we had like a full extra chunk, which like I should have because there's still the bad guy and everything. But yeah, it's like the least necessary villain. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I am the evil thing that does the evil thing you know of where I want the jewel or whatever the hell is going on. Like he's the king or he's royal blood, right? And he wants to take over yeah. this floating castle. Is this the proper use of MacGuffin? Is like the... Uh, yeah. Is there a MacGuffin in there? <laughs> yeah, I think the okay. necklace is a MacGuffin. I mean, it, it gets them to this castle in the sky, but it's almost like the castle is the MacGuffin because I don't understand the importance. Maybe that's the disconnect for me. I don't know yeah. why the castle... Why the castle? I don't know. It's like it has technology. Like he wants the stone at the center of the castle because it makes things float or something. Yeah. I mean, it's the castle itself he wants, right? Like, yeah, 
Yeah. But he's like, he wants to rule the castle. Like, oh, I, I'm Mark Hamill and I will be the king. Uh, <sighs> yeah. Yeah, it's tough because, like, I don't know if this is just something that we have to believe with, like, many animated slash kids movies where it's like, there's going to be an evil guy who wants an arbitrary evil thing or, like, thing that lends him power. Yeah. And that's just going to be that. Yeah. But I don't know. I Like, I don't know yeah. if I'm just so out on that in general or if this was, like, underbaked as a concept. I really think it's underbaked, Car. Uh, yeah. Like, I was drawing a lot of comparisons to the Iron Giant. Because you have this robot that comes down and kind of causes destruction in a way that seems, I think, is supposed to seem alien to the children characters. Where it seems like um, it's that section of the movie feels jarring because it's so unlike the even the violence they've shown before that. Yeah. And the Iron Giant does that, but it's built on all this characterization and all these like, you know, pathos. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Whereas this one, it just kind of happens and I didn't feel. And, you know, I'm watching a dubbed version of this movie from 40 years ago. So I don't know if some of that's getting lost in translation or something. But I don't know how you. <laughs> I was going to say something really stupid. I'll <laughs> say it anyway. I don't know how you can give a movie like this, like five stars and then possibly not give like the Iron Giant. At least the five stars, because I just feel like the Iron Giant does all this stuff so much better you know it doesn't have the themes of like uh environmentalism or whatever um but it's tackling some of the same imagery and same characterization and i feel like it's just such a better take on this i don't know yeah i'm just waiting to be like emotionally affected by something like yeah neither of these have done any of that for me and i don't know Like, I don't know. I, I feel like I'm, again, I think we said this last time. Like, I feel like I'm missing something. And I know it'll happen because, like, yeah, I've seen later Studio Ghibli movies that have affected me a lot. But I just, yeah. like, I haven't gotten it yet. I don't know. And I don't need to be emotionally affected to think a movie is good. But I feel like they're going for that. Yes. And it's not working. Yeah, this is just like a jokey something. Yeah. That's fine, too, but it's totally not. Because in a lot of ways, it's like an adventure, like it's a fun adventure movie mm-hmm. type of thing. But then that's so against all the like castle imagery and all that stuff. Like they're trying to ring that for like, uh, I don't. I, yeah, I don't know. The and first. It, tro- oh, sorry. Keep going. Well, I was just going to say a lot of the tropes and imagery seem very familiar to me, but it might just be a lot of stuff ripping off this movie, which is very possible. So, Well, do you know what this really, really reminded me of that I realized probably just ripped off this movie a ton? (laughs) What's that? Uh, Rhyme, the video game. Oh, nice. Okay. Yeah. It was like exactly the same. Just so exactly the same. Yeah, Yeah, it was crazy. Which like, (laughs) I like that game a lot because I like that idea of yeah like these old the old time robots being in this like really beautiful natural sort of creepy feeling world that you don't fully understand like right yeah but that had like that extra layer of symbolism going on i think which take it or leave it but yeah this didn't really have that it's pretty on its nose it's telling you exactly what's going on all the time so yeah, and like I, I liked being in that world, but strangely enough, like that's the part of the movie that I enjoyed the least. 
Yeah. Like, I like when she's in the town with the boy and they're running around and hiding from the pirates and then, like, they're on the railroad. Like, that was all really cool. And I think that's, like, if I was a kid and I was watching it, I would be so all in for those chunks. Yeah, but I, even as a kid, I remember seeing that first half hour and just being lost. Like, it felt like I was seeing the end of a movie or something. Yeah. But it's not. It's like the it's it's what's drawing you in. And I don't think that works in that way. But yeah, I mean, yeah, like the fun Indiana Jones, like the railroad track is crumbling and they're having this exciting chase sequence. That's so far beyond anything in Nausicaa for me. Right. In terms of engagement in my brain. So um, we've definitely talked about this movie a lot more than we talked about (laughs) Nausicaa. There's something there. I like I really I mean I went into this with like a lot more what's the right word I was more determined to like it sort of like I I really wanted to give it a full shot and again I just don't think it had lived up to I guess what I was expecting but yeah I hold out hope what's our next one I was gonna ask you I don't actually (laughs) Um, we're getting I think into the ones I don't know oh interesting okay because there's that period, I think, where it was a lot of like the Yamadas or Porco Rosso or all these ones I haven't seen. Mm-hmm. And then Spirit Away is like 20 years later. So I don't know what the intervening years okay. look like. Okay. Oh, Grave of the Fireflies, which is one oh that my I've been. God. What? <laughs> Fun. Oh, yeah. It's very sad, right? Yeah. Yeah, this is the one or one of the ones that like it kind of inspired wanting to do this for me because okay. I've heard such great things. Yeah, I haven't seen it, but I've heard it will destroy you if you let it. So that would be fun. Okay. <sighs> okay. <laughs> well, <laughs> we'll talk about that. Car, should we talk about our other film? That we sure. Smiley face. Yes, that's the one. I thought this was a wonderful film. Me too. <laughs> I was very into what this movie was doing. I like I had so many of these moments of like they don't make movies like this anymore. Yeah, totally. Totally. They they don't let people make these mistakes. Yeah, they should. Yeah, I don't know how. Like I I think I started hearing about this when I got letterboxed. Like it was just one of those that like a bunch of people who I follow had seen or I was seen to be reviewed sort of thing. Yeah. How was this not like, I just don't know how I wasn't aware of this before, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, I don't have any knowledge of this movie other than you saying we should watch it and then us watching. I mean, it's got like so many people I recognize. Yes. <laughs> yes. Like constantly. <laughs> yeah. Which is awesome. It is awesome. Like, yeah, Jane Lynch is in this. Carrot Top is in it for two seconds. Top, Obviously, yeah. Anna Ferris, John Krasinski. John like, Krasinski, it's crazy. masturbating scene with those Anna Ferris. It was awesome. So funny. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. It's in all of like the visual effects and yep. like funny editing is just perfect. It's so yeah. funny. There's like a. It kind of loses steam in the middle, I think. It kind of starts to, you know, it's like, maybe that's... Because it's like a stoner comedy. She's like, she's buzzed, man. So maybe she's like, her mind is wandering. But uh, I kind of lost the interest a little bit in the middle. But then it picked back up, I think. At yeah. The end. It got me back, so... Yeah, the... <laughs> oh, 
and John Cho when they're at the <laughs> like a factory or whatever. Yeah, it's all just it's so ridiculous. It's so fun. It just like it. I was so happy to watch this. I watched this right after Castle in the Sky. And it oh was God. like, yeah, what a, double feature. <laughs> a weird evening. But yeah, it was just, it was nice to be like, so soothed by something. Yeah. Well, it's not the most soothing movie in the world. It's kind of nerve wracking at some point. That she's I just... was a little bit anxious at the beginning for her, yeah. but then you just kind of settle into like, yeah, yeah, she's clearly very paranoid, and it ends up, I think, being. I don't know. At a certain point, you have to like <laughs> not invest in her paranoia. Did it ever break for you, her character? What do you mean? Uh, I found that occasionally, like her character is great, and her performance, I think, is great. But I think there were just maybe a couple too many scenes of her kind of doing the like stoner, like. What? <laughs> You know, like kind of staring off. Like there's these moments that are like really awesome, funny editing that you don't see a lot. And it's like weird situations. But then there's also I feel like they're trying to wring comedy out of her just being like, what? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I feel like that's kind of part like it feels like it's either funnier because it's so constant and like it, she <laughs> yeah. just is it never goes away. unchanging except for when she thinks that she's giving like the communist speech, <laughs> yeah. but it's all in her head. <laughs> so yeah. like that's kind of funny. But yeah, it, like it, at a certain point you're watching Anna Ferris for like an hour and a half, just like have the same exact facial expression the entire time. Yeah. And yeah. I love the montage of John Krasinski falling in love with her because all she's doing is eating things <laughs> in her pajamas. Oh, I love it. Yeah, it's really good. I, the initial or one of the initial scenes when she's um uh like a cooking, she's gonna make the weed cupcakes and she's also on the phone and the smoke detector goes off. Jesus. I laughed so oh. hard. It was so funny. <laughs> She so quickly made her life so much worse. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and then, I'm sorry, now I'm just naming parts of the movie. Um, when <laughs> she's at the ATM and she, like, remembers why she only has one dollar and it's because she got a mattress and then she realizes the one threat that the guy gave her was that he might take her mattress. <laughs> no! <laughs> and then... That comes back around when they're like, she's where they're going to take her bet as evidence because there's a bong on it. Yeah, it's, it's really good. good. It's really, really good. What was with the thing where it was like doing the A to Z thing and then it just stops at D and it never comes back to that? You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. I honestly had not thought of that until this moment. I was waiting for E and then it just never, and I was like, <laughs> am I just missing it? Are they like doing it subtly? I don't know. Maybe my only guess is either is maybe like that's the point like she gets off track so easily mm. uh, i like that because that's also like in line with the when she plans her day <laughs> that's <also laughs> funny. She, like, uh, just her formation of the mm. list is really really good i think just that's such a great visual gig too when they yeah. show her penmanship when she's writing it on the box and it's just yeah. like they they do basically every joke you could get out of this concept and they do it in a way that's not like bog standard stoner comedy type stuff. Yeah, absolutely. 
And you, you've seen another movie by this guy, right? Like you. Yes, Mysterious Skin, which of is maybe the farthest on the other end of the yeah. vibe spectrum you could get. <laughs> kind of okay. absolutely insane. Yeah. Like violent type of stuff? Like sad? Extremely sad. Mm. I mean, it's like a pretty explicitly about a pedophile. And yeah, <laughs> okay. Uh, okay. Mm, like maybe the darkest I, of that type of thing I've ever seen. Huh. There's some uh, like the I was trying to think of ways where you could I possibly identify that it's the same director and like there's some visuals that they use in Mysterious Skin to like I guess get at like some senses I don't know how to explain it like basically just things that aren't quite real um that are happening like in the kids heads that are like really fanciful um so you kind of get that and the fact that like I think Mysterious Skin is a good movie made about young people but other than that yeah I would never ever guess yeah Hmm. Hmm. because it doesn't have like the comedy central crew in it right for some reason (laughs) Tom Kenny's not showing up in it. It does have really incredible, like, young casting of actors we know. Like, Joseph Gordon-Levitt is in it and is incredible. Like, maybe the best thing I've seen him in. Dang. Yeah. And, like, Michelle Trachtenberg and others. What? We love Michelle Trachtenberg. We do love Michelle Trachtenberg. Huh. Yeah. But that's not smiley face. That's mysterious skin. <laughs> yeah. Which, yeah, I don't know. I We've feel very We've got John Krasinski car over here at our house. I mean, I'm not the biggest John Krasinski fan, but I think he is so incredibly funny in this. <laughs> he's all right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He's good. I think he's very, very good. I like his uh, dentist office monologue about why he <laughs> yes. likes dentists. Because <laughs> yeah. I could relate. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's really, really good. We love Smiley Face. Yeah. Sometimes you need a good comedy, you know? Yeah, and it's not it's not a Seth Rogen movie, you know? Like, it's not that. And I like that a lot. Yeah, it like, it it really balances the, like, things are spinning out of control while it still all feels like, if not feasible, like... You're not spinning to, like, Pineapple Express levels of, like, oh, there's a dude who might kill them. And, right. like, we're on the biggest misadventures you could ever have sort of thing. Yeah. It's not like, no, this part's like a music video. Like, yeah. Never, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I like uh, Anna Ferris. Me Ferris? too. Ferris. I think the one you said maybe not right was I think it's Anna. And a first. Okay. She's in a first wheel at the end. <laughs> yeah. I mean, she really is like, she was one of the most, I feel like, iconic comedic actresses for a number of years. I, yeah, I associate her with like trash movies, though. Yeah, like I guess rings, it just depends on like it. The ring yeah, stuff the, in the scary movie type yeah, stuff. Yeah. Scary movie. I never saw it, but a lot of people really like House Bunny. Like, I mean, it's whether you're buying into those movies or not. But I think regardless, like, she's inarguably pretty funny. Yeah. In this movie, for sure. Yeah. We love you, smiley face. Bad poster. (laughs) Um, But kind of 
exactly right, too. I don't know if <laughs> yeah. I would change it. Yeah. It wouldn't draw me in to watch this movie, but it, it's a good representation, I guess. Yeah. Carly! Yeah, what's up? What have you watched that wasn't fun in anime? Okay, yeah. I watched some 2021ers. Dude. Yeah. <clears throat> um, I watched <laughs> Promising Young Woman, which was oh. one that I was very, very, very excited for for an extremely long period of time. It's been around pieces of a woman? <sighs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it is kind of like I mentioned that two years ago was the boy year. I feel like this year might be woman year. <laughs> boy year. <laughs> I love the boy year. <laughs> yeah, the boy year was fun. Okay. Um. Yeah. And like... I, I, I really kind of wish I could have experienced this fresh and not after 15 months of hearing right. various like sort of takes about it without being spoilery because the movie is super spoilery and then like mm. the masses are starting to see it and everyone has super hot takes <laughs> and it's masses. just like stop, stop, stop. Listen to yourself, Carly. <laughs> yeah. Listen I to yourself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um... So anyways, yes, this is the Carrie Mulligan movie where, again, I just don't know what's a spoiler or not. So I'll go on the side of being safe and not spoilery. We know that Carrie Mulligan's character is a <laughs> Who's woman we who... and what does no mean? <laughs> I don't know. She's okay. a medical school dropout. Um, and some bad things have happened in her time in medical school that caused her to drop out. Um, and she sort of goes on this streak where she is, um, picking up, or guys in bars are picking up her under the guise that she is extremely, extremely drunk. Um, and she's, uh, just acting drunk. She's entirely sober the whole time. Um, and then she, like, after they've sort of forced her to go home with them, she, like, um, makes them pay some sort of a price, I guess. Um, and then there's, I, like... <laughs> so, like I don't that's, know if like, this is tiptoeing around spoilers the way you No, like, to. so that's pretty okay. obvious, and I think that's, okay. like, what you get in the trailer. And then there's, like, okay. a million other things that are happening, um... And yeah, so it's obviously a movie about sexual assault and um, I think does a really, really, really wonderful job of showing how like the tons and tons and tons of layers of like grief and trauma that can happen um, because of that, not just in the victim's lives, but in people's lives around it. I think it does a really good job of like illustrating how pervasive um problems between women and men are like it does it tackles i think that subject from a lot of different angles a lot of it has to do with like the idea that um no one is really stopping men from behaving this way not other men not other women not other institutions um, so I think it delivers on all of that. I think where it gets really tough is, um, in tone. So like, mm. it's sort of a comedy. It definitely is a comedy. Um, and then it's balanced against like these really, really stark and effective images of like everything I just mentioned. Yeah. Um, and especially the grief, like there's some really intense like grief scenes that mm. 
I found so effective, but so difficult to deal with. Like when two seconds later, I'm jumping into a joke about something. Yeah. Um, and then the end like takes a turn that some people find really like impactful. And I, I, I keep thinking about it and trying to find a way to not hate it, but I think I hate it a lot. Okay. And I like really wish I hadn't seen it. And like, I just, I, wow. I yeah, I really okay. didn't like where it went. Um, and I know I'm not alone in that. Like I've heard other people express the same opinion. Um, but it just like, I don't think you're supposed to feel happy leaving this movie, but I, I, you're again, constantly straddling the line of like serious and funny. And I think that gets harder and harder and harder as things get worse and worse and worse in terms of what's going on for these characters. Um, yeah, but I guess like I would still recommend watching it for sure. I think it is a like very brave is such a weird word to use, but like, it feels like a really brave um like to try to balance those tones I think is really interesting and sometimes successful and I think Carrie Mulligan is phenomenal in it I like have always loved Carrie Mulligan I think she delivers an incredible performance here um and it looks really really cool and the soundtrack is really fun it's just like there's some overarching stuff that like, I don't think I can get on board with. Mm. Um, yeah, I don't know. But I also feel like I want to read like everything piece ever written about it because it's such a rich text. Okay. Okay. <sighs> yeah. I've heard that stuff about the ending also. I don't know what the ending is, but uh, I don't remember you having that reaction to any other ending we've talked about. Yeah. I just, I don't know. It, Yeah, I won't spoil it. It's just like, I went, I guess I'll put it this way. I went in knowing things got bad. And so the whole time I kind of had a guess at what happens. Um, And I was like predicting where it was going to go. And it's a million times worse than what I could have imagined. So like, yeah, it was tough. Um, But I like I'm I guess I'm excited that like people are watching it and like paying attention yeah. to this because there is a lot of I think interesting stuff to be said about it. Yeah. Yeah. It sounds like it. Yeah. Yeah. I I'll be thinking I have not stopped thinking about it since I saw it and I probably won't for a while. This is the one you would send me the trailer of like two years ago, right? Mm-hmm. Britney Spears song? Yeah. Cool. Yeah, and they like that's a good example. It's like they play the toxic instrumental cover, which is like really fun in like a really tense moment. And it's just like, a, it's really tough. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Hmm. Yeah. Speaking of tough movies, I, I didn't mean to set the segue up car, but speaking of tough movies okay, featuring Britney Spears music. Ooh. Oh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> I watched Framing Britney Spears. Car, do you have any interest in this film? I yeah, I will certainly watch it. I followed like many of the responses to it. I just haven't seen it yet. Are you on team free Britney? Of course. Of course you are. Everyone should be. Yes, I think so. <laughs> um, I don't have much to say about it. I just wanted to mention that I watched it. <laughs> I don't know. Did you I guess like a couple of questions. One, like 
how much did you know going in and like how much Nothing. did you learn through? Okay. So I'm guessing you learned a lot from the yes. doc itself. Okay. The, well, the thing I learned is just how terrible culture as a whole was for Brittany and people like her and people. And it was just, we just, we have bad cards, bad. Yeah. It's bad looking back at things that I thought were like, <laughs> and then it's like, oh no, no, this is terrible. But at the time I was like, huh, Britney Spears is weird, huh? <laughs> right. And it's like, oh no. Oh no, what are we doing? Yeah. Like it's gotten a little bit better. Like I don't think we're as tolerant of like those media takes, but yeah. It's certainly still pervasive in like, I, did you see that Lindsay Lohan, David Letterman interview from Mm-mm. a few years ago? It's just like a nasty little interview where David Letterman Aww. like makes fun of her having to go to rehab for a really long time. And it's like, <laughs> yeah, it's really awful. I don't know. Yeah. Like the paparazzi's terrible. Yeah. That whole thing. And just like. Her family's terrible. Yeah. It just keeps going and going. And it's so hard to look back at this time through that lens. But I'm glad we're doing that. Um, yeah. Yeah. I I guess maybe a problem I had with it is that it's not that long a documentary. And a lot of it is just like, and then she put out her next album and it was a huge success. Like it just does like the <laughs> Britney Spears story for a while. And that's, and it does like the, and then. Justin Timberlake, but that's only like two minutes long and they don't really get into the details. So when he comes out and apologizes, you know, after this movie comes out, I was expecting them to show what he would need to apologize for. But it's kind of left to my imagination still, because all they really do is like he was kind of a jerk about the breakup. Hmm, They don't really dig into it the way I was expecting, maybe. Um, But it this film are we calling it a film it's like a new york times documentary i, I feel weird calling it like a a movie it's like is it an not episode a series of is there yeah. like two parts oh uh, maybe i don't think so i got a pretty complete picture okay it, but i don't know um but it is like an episode in some sort of series of documentaries uh but uh it's a it's a it has it has a message and it tells you the message and it's like I got the message. Thank you. Okay. Yeah. I just wish there were more, uh, maybe more context for what was happening. Like they're trying to put context into it via telling her life story, but then it focuses a lot on like and people think this is wrong, and then we're going to talk to people who think it's wrong and blah 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 blah. But it never really gets at the very heart of the matter, which okay. is. The whole conservatorship thing going on with her father, which is insane yeah. to hear about, to hear people talk about. Uh, so it, it's like this really interesting glimpse into this situation, but I don't walk away from it feeling like I'm an expert on it or anything. It's like, oh, that sucks. And then maybe I could do more research on my own, but I don't I didn't come out of it feeling great about where, you know. It's just now I'm aware of it, but I'm not. Yeah. Like, I don't know that much about it, really. So that's interesting. I mean, like it, it does feel like if they wanted to, they could make it into like a five part, yeah, 
one hour long each. Like, there's so much going on there. Even if you just take, like, the Justin Timberlake thing, like, uh, the true way to explore that is to, like, examine his many, many errors he's making and, and, like, things he's done to women in the public eye. And, like, uh, it maybe doesn't make sense to fit that into, like, a, I don't know how long this is, one piece documentary about Britney specifically, but yeah, if you like opened up the scope a little bit, um, there's certainly a lot, I guess, to focus on. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I came out of it with a huge amount of respect for Britney. Um, I just, I feel like what you're talking about would almost be part of the problem because so much of this documentary is about like, oh, we always have to like leer in at celebrities, but then they're like, she wore sexual clothing and yeah. it's like this whole, but it's not like they do anything with that statement. They're just like presenting it as part of the path of her life. And then mm-hmm. they show like an interview where somebody's like, you know, asking her about it. And it has like, she has like this emotional response to it, but you don't really get a sense of what that means or what that means in the context of this being a documentary about how she lost control of her life, mm-hmm. uh, literally to a family member. Um, Maybe, maybe I did not watch part of this. Like maybe there is another part of this or something, but uh, it's not a complete picture. I think that they're presenting to you. It's a very valuable picture, but not um, the uh, definitive statement on this. I don't think. Okay. Is it like mostly historical footage? Yes. Almost entirely. Yeah. Are there like talking heads discussing it? Yes. Okay. Okay. It's very standard documentary format. Okay. So, I get, like, are the talking heads, I guess, the ones, like, sort of offering the context there? Yeah, but not in a way that feels any more... It feels like a 60-minute segment or something. Like, it doesn't... It's not a deep dive on mm-hmm. any particular subject. It's just like, we... Like, he, this guy works for the New York Times, and he writes about culture, and he's going to tell you about Britney Spears's, you know, when toxic came out or whatever mm-hmm. and it's like okay but i could get this from any number like this could be a vh1 special or something like it's not uh i don't want to detract from what i'm trying to say which is that this is a very informative or uh insightful but i'm kind of saying it's not that what i'm trying to say is this was <laughs> worth a watch for me because i did learn a lot but i could learn a lot more i think if i put my mind to it Sure, this is like a crash course or something. Yeah, but I'm always wary of crash courses because what if the person doesn't do any more research than they just walk away with this very kind of unsolidified view of this very complex thing? Mm -hmm. You know, like I watched Framing Britney Spears and now I know everything about Britney Spears' terrible life. (laughs) Sure. Okay, sure. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, it has its place. Like, not everything I think can be the full whatever and yeah it's a fair point like your response to my earlier question like by diving deeper did at what point does it start to become part of the problem or how do you balance that yeah 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 but i mean like compare this to like that freaking miss americana state media (laughs) like garbo this is it is garbo (laughs) (laughs) i don't know yeah Uh, But yeah, I mean, like, I don't know anything about Britney Spears, but this was, you know, I just have so much more respect for her or I have respect for her now. Um, Yeah. And 
I think that's part of what they were trying to accomplish. And I think they get that across very well, that she is a human being dealing with a whole lot that most people don't need to deal with and that she didn't always deal with it correctly or in the way we as a society think she should doesn't mean that she should give up her life to her father. Right. You know, it's like, yeah. And it's, I don't know, it's a launching pad for like, I don't know, interrogating what we're doing now so that hopefully we stop doing this to young women. Like it's just so crazy. And like, yeah, if this can make people a little bit more aware, especially I think like, I don't know. <laughs> I guess maybe I don't want to. But it just feels like maybe there's some ge- older generations who haven't, I guess, examined this stuff as much. Whereas, like, yeah. I think, like, people younger than us are <laughs> more aware of how just because someone's a celebrity and just because someone's famous doesn't mean we're allowed to treat them like, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know what the right word is. Yeah, no. They seem to have better awareness of it, I guess. Yeah. And yeah. it's really cool because you're seeing a lot of people our age who grew up and then they were able to accept themselves, you know, in some way through Britney's music. And now they're yeah. fighting for her and lots of footage of people in masks, which is crazy because you don't see a lot still even in hmm. movies now. But lots of like footage from last autumn. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Of people trying to free Britney. So, um, I mean, I, I was, I was glued to the screen the whole time. I thought it was a very Hmm. interesting documentary, but just not all it could have been, I think. Sure. Is it, how long is it? Oh, it's like an hour and a half hour, 45 maybe. Yeah. Hmm. I will certainly watch it. Very easy to watch. I would say. Yeah. Car, what else is going on with you? I can do my other 2021, which is Judas and the Black Messiah. Yeah. Can I tell you a funny story? Yeah. I sat down to watch this and I made it to the WB logo at the beginning. I'm like, man, I'm not going to watch this right now. (laughs) Turned it off. (laughs) So tell me about the movie card. Um, Okay. So basically, I think it's a really incredible movie. And I'm was blown away by like the three main performances in it. There's a butt um, coming here. I can feel yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There totally is. Okay. So I like I do want to start out by saying like especially Daniel Kaluuya, I just think he is a singular talent and I'm so excited to see him in anything. And I think yeah. he blew it out of the water here. I think my I have like one complaint that can be approached from two different perspectives. Mm. There is a story choice here that I don't love for the, um, for the movie itself and for like, uh, my interest in the subject. So I guess like the (laughs) basics of this is it's about Fred Hampton and his eventual assassination from the perspective of William O'Neill, who um, was used by the FBI as a, oh, what's the right word? Um, like a, a plant, basically, right? Like yes, was, yes, exactly. Yeah. Um, and therefore, like, it ends up sort of facilitating the assassination. Um, okay. So, yeah, so you're seeing it from... Uh, William O'Neill's perspective, played by Lakeith Stanfield, who also does a beautiful, beautiful job. Um, but because of that, 
it like I just don't know what that adds because it, the alternative choice is focus more on Fred Hampton and I can't imagine why that wouldn't be the choice because I that's someone who like I want to know more and more about like both him as a person how he's portrayed is as like this extremely charismatic um person who gives these beautiful speeches and has these wonderful relationships and incredible like radical ideas and all I want is to like soak up as much of his story as I possibly can yeah and it just feels like every moment we're not spending with him um and like better understanding him is sort of like a loss to me um because like the William O'Neill story is so like easily understood like it's yes this man who didn't understand what the full effects of his actions would be and like of course like so he's entering the Black Panther Party and there's like the very obvious like at first it's just going to be because he has to do it and then he's going to start to be radicalized by it but he still ends up having to fulfill his role like it's just so obviously that's how history happened but it's like very predictable and doesn't it doesn't do anything besides tell me that like the FBI is super evil, which we hopefully everyone already knew. Like I just, it doesn't, I just don't get why. And I think like a a lot of people, or I've seen some criticisms from people who are more, I guess, familiar with Fred Hampton's life and the black Panther party. And like a lot of the criticism is it doesn't give enough air to his actual ideas. Like they, they, talk about socialism to some extent but like that was such a pivotal part of what he was trying to change and the change Mm. he was able to make and like you don't see enough of that and it's just there's so much incredible stuff that we do get to see i just wanted to see more essentially and i don't think it again i don't think it serves the story either like it just you get cool scenes with jesse plemons where he's the fbi guy (laughs) like that's good (laughs) But it's all just exactly how you would think it would play out, I guess. I get what you're saying. Yeah. Um, what is the stylistically like? What type of movie are we talking? Is it like a kind of a biopic e type of thing? So I, I don't know. I, to me, it seems like maybe they were trying to subvert that. Okay. Um, because it takes on this sort of like thriller feeling especially i would say in the last half which like partially makes sense because yes it involves an assassination and um like it makes it very exciting and i don't normally love like a very standard biopic but it just felt like this was kind of one of those times that i wanted it i like it Mm. i really just wanted to learn about this person and like be around this person um yeah and a lot of that was replaced by, yeah, like time in meetings with FBI people, and it was just like I don't know, like for what I, I don't quite understand. I get you. Yeah, I can picture this problem you're talking about in my brain. Like it gets um, to be like a gangster movie towards the end, which like okay. very explicitly, and it's just like I don't know, it's it's strange to me. I don't know. Like they picked the wrong main character, basically. Like they're. Partially that, and like, I it's just like 
Yeah, I guess it is mostly that. I, I don't I think Lakeith Stanfield is arguably the main character and that doesn't make a ton of sense to me. Yeah. 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 Hmm. And you haven't heard any kind of like uh I know you love your interviews, Car. You mm-hmm. you're not like the reasoning behind that isn't public, you think? Like have they talked at all why they made that decision? I don't know. I should look into that. Like I'm sure there is of course good reason to it. And I think like part of it is to like, if you weren't already understanding that because the FBI assassinated Fred Hampton, the FBI is probably really bad, this would sure certainly show you that. Okay. I think they, ch- like, there is some effective work being done in terms of, like, William O'Neill is simultaneously, like, doing really evil things, but you feel a lot of sympathy towards him because okay. he ended up in the situation that he didn't think he was going to be in and he's being like threatened by the federal government. And that's terrifying. Um, so I think like there's interesting emotions and thoughts to explore there. But again, just, I guess like, okay, I'm actually just thinking through this now. Like (laughs) there's maybe too much pressure, like from someone like me to have this movie be, the singular exploration of Fred Hampton because there's not enough movies made about people like this. You know what I mean? Whereas like how many Winston Churchill movies do we have? And like how many times have we gotten to see different ways to make that story known? Um, And no one movie can be everything we needed to be, especially for someone who changed the course of history this much. I get what you're saying. I think like if this was just another spin on the story, it might be kind of interesting. It's like it's from a different viewpoint. Yeah, and like that would be totally cool. It's just like I'm yeah. approaching this as like a great, like the first time I've seen this person depicted, and like right. I this wanted is the to one be everything of this. Right, exactly, so, exactly. Yeah. yeah, I got you. Yeah, hmm. but otherwise, an amazing movie. It sounds like, like really, yes. Okay, Ex- like a few moments that just like send chills up my spine, and again, the performances I think are the, um. That's the true highlight. Everyone in it is really incredible. Hmm. Hmm. Even the girl from I'm thinking of ending things, Jesse Plemons. <laughs> yeah, even the girl. <laughs> That's awesome. And Martin Sheen. Oh, Martin yeah. Sheen's still alive? <laughs> yes. Dude. Yeah. Am I thinking of the right Sheen? Yeah, Martin Sheen. He's yeah, yeah, yeah. he's gotta be pretty old at this point, right? Oh, he certainly is. Oh, very good. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Uh, yeah. So I watched that. I do. Yeah, I highly recommend. And like, I think people will get some awards recognition. They absolutely should. It's like a really beautiful movie. Feels like they're really loading up January, February with a bunch of movies that maybe should have come out last year. Didn't. I don't know why they're doing this. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. Nomadland comes out in two days. Yeah, that's nuts. I can't believe it. Huh. Yeah. Well, Car, I have mm-hmm. one more movie to talk about. Okay. It's called Mystic River. Yes. Okay, okay, okay. Pray tell. <laughs> have you seen? I have seen. You have seen? Yeah. Okay. I didn't really care for it. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Very cool, Car. Thanks. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, Tell me no. why. Well, this was immediately after uh, I stopped <laughs> watching the movie you were just <laughs> oh talking about. Okay. Um, but no, because I liked the little things and people were like, oh, 
this is just Mystic River, but worse. But I liked Little Things way more than I like Mystic River, so <laughs> I don't know what's going on there. But uh, I, I, I like what this movie's trying to do a lot, which is kind of taking the uh, crime procedural kind of like drama and focusing more on the character motivations and like the people surrounding the crime and all this stuff. And I think that's a really, you could wring a lot out of that. And I think they don't. I just, um, I thought the crime was more interesting than Sean Penn yelling and being this insane caricature of like a ex con. Yeah. Uh, and like the examinations of like child abuse and all this stuff, I just didn't think really hit that hard. And I know this is a product of its time um, and it was a huge movie when it came out, but it's just so melodramatic and like cringy in some ways that I just couldn't get past, I guess. Yeah, there's something about I mean, there's a lot of things about this movie that like just feel wrong i think like directions it goes in i yeah i had a really negative reaction to this movie i just think there's a lot of time spent on it it feels exploitative maybe isn't the right word but it just feels like it's really pushing you to feel things about stuff that i don't want to see like i'm being so vague but like what's i can't think of the actor's name um tim robbins yeah like there's a lot of stuff going on there that i just don't there's not though there's not a lot going well they they like it for a movie that's so focused on examining that and the repercussions of the thing that happens they spend like no time like it's all it's all um suggested you know yeah sure and that's fine But if you're going to make this like two and a half hour long movie that is basically just about that, about those repercussions, what it means, you know, how it affects the victim and the people around the victim and all this stuff. And then it's so chintzy the way it all kind of plays out like it's a Law and Order episode or something. Right. It doesn't doesn't feel like it has the the I don't know, like the. It has no oomph to it. It's all kind of just um, laid out for you. And then you're supposed to be like, oh, okay. Yeah. It never grabbed me in a way. So um, I like, though, I mean, it's not a good looking movie. But it reminded me of like drinking coffee at eight in the morning mm-hmm. the whole time, yeah. which is uh, it's a vibe I don't get out of a lot of movies. And I was kind of there for that part of it. I think some of this movie looks really incredible. Like, I really don't... I wish I actually remembered what I don't like about all of this. But, like, I remember really disliking how it ends. But thinking how it ends looks really beautiful. I don't feel that... I I don't like how it ends, but I don't think it looked very good. Okay. (laughs) It just... Yeah, it just feels like like a John Grisham novel adaptation or something. Like, it just... Like when I was watching uh, The Firm where it's just kind of like, this is just like bloodless 90s adaptation of a book. This is early 2000s, but it had that same vibe to it where it's just like, these are book characters and they're doing book things and overacting and crying. And then the women are crying and the men are crying and then it's over. There's something 
I wish I could like pinpoint what makes me feel this way about it, but it's got like a really dark energy to it and like not in the way it's intended. Like it's obviously Mm. dark because there's like murder that happens and other bad things, but like if it feels like nasty in (laughs) its thought processes and stuff. I don't know. It, it doesn't though, or it does, it, it starts out that way. And then I think they lose that as, as it goes on because it becomes this caricature, I feel like of, or kind of this, reiteration of what we might expect like i i'm kind of trying to talk around stuff but it's like the dude does the thing you would expect him to do when he's angry and it's like supposed to be this impactful thing and i just don't think that fits what this movie is trying to do there's there would have been cleaner or more interesting ways of expressing like the themes of this movie than the way it ends I think it's a really bad ending. This movie yeah. has. Um, hmm. And some of the editing is terrible. Like, I don't know. <laughs> Clint Eastwood, what are you doing? Why is there, why does every scene fade into every other scene in a really bad looking way? Like that yeah. was a decision he made. I actually forgot that this was Clint Eastwood and that like clarifies so much of my thoughts about yeah. this. Like I <sighs> so singularly don't trust Clint Eastwood's thoughts. Right. Right, and, what he's trying this, to share with the yes, world. Yes, yeah. exactly. Like what he is trying to tell us never feels yeah. good to me. Right. And that's the exact feeling I got from this movie. Yes. Yeah. It's not all bad. It's not like the worst movie ever. No. It's just so melodramatic. And like, I feel like the cast is wasted because it's a great cast. Yeah. Um. Cool shots of Boston, I guess. Like it's a nice Go look Boston. At- a Go side Sox. of Boston you don't see in movies a lot, which is cool. Yeah. Um, but yeah, way too long. Also, bad soundtrack as well. So like, <laughs> that like dark energy you were talking about, I totally got that out of the little things. I feel like I'm the only person on earth who okay. likes the little things, but I <laughs> thought the little things totally had that going for it and not in this like halfway there kind of like oscar Beatty way just in like a movie way just in like a storytelling way yeah that i was way more into so can i like at some point i can even make it one of the picks this week just so that you don't have to watch a million movies but i would (laughs) love to hear your thoughts on prisoners as like a stamp on this yeah uh i guess trilogy of like dark Mm. crime dramas Okay. Um, I've heard a lot of comparisons between Mystic River and Prisoners. Oh, really? I mean, it makes sense. Um, I mean, it's like a, it's the darkest energy sort of thing. <laughs> I like that. Um, and such a good cast. Um, yeah. But I really, really like it. Great Jake G. <gasps> Speaking of Jake G. <laughs> <laughs> We're just setting up all kinds of segues in this episode of Pillows on the Windows, a movie podcast. Car, go ahead. That's right. No, you go. Caller, go ahead. Dude, Nightcrawler was fantastic. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I'm so happy to hear that. Just not what I expected, but also totally what it needed to be. Yeah. Um, Kristen and I watched it and she kind of had the same reaction as me where we both expected it to be about him getting into this business of capturing new switch and then starting to like manipulate um you know scenarios in order to create news that's not what this movie is really (laughs) 
it's much darker than that. Um, it's sort of what this is, but it just it's about so much more than that car. Yeah. And it goes so far, too. It does. I it is so rare for me to go into the third act of a movie and have no idea what's going to happen. And that's mm-hmm. how I felt with Nightcrawler. And I was so into watching this all play out. Incredible. The end. <laughs> I completely. I mean, this is like one of the most edge of my seat sort of movies yeah. I've seen ever. Yeah. Yeah. Which is oh super cool because it's so like non-traditional in how it yeah. goes about everything. Looks so good. Yes. My God. Why is L.A. every movie car? Tell me. I don't know, but it's per- like. Yeah. This is like the La 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 that Land. I want to live in in every movie. Not actually live in, but like I want every movie to be set here <laughs> and like look a like terrible this. Terrible place to live, to be <laughs> yeah. honest. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah, like it's always night, except when it's not. But when it's not, it's like night day, yeah. which is really cool. Um, but like his performance is obviously incredible. Yeah. But the way it takes that character and it uses that character to say all these things about the media and the internet and like business and like the way jobs destroy people and the way, you know, power structures destroy people and the way men destroy people (laughs) in this, like, Oh, like I love the, the, um, kind of the head of the news studio, the the woman that he starts a relationship mm-hmm. with. That's a fantastic character. Such a good character. <laughs> I And her performance is so, so yeah. good up against him. Like, it's it would be so easy to make that character, like, nothing. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, she could trope, just be another like a, exec or something. But right. she's fascinating in and of herself. And, like... The dinner scene with them is so creepy and weird and such bad vibes. And it's yep. so good. Because she's because, yeah, everybody spends this movie like being condescending to him while he's being condescending to them. Yeah. And never quite meeting in the middle. And that tension is so good throughout this whole movie. And I love him getting that stupid Mustang. Perfect. <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> And the only person in the movie who isn't condescending at all is Riz Ahmed, who just yes. gives like a perfect performance and is one of the it's he's just that character of like, you know, this isn't going to go well for him. Yep. And <laughs> it's the combination of that and the fact that he is the most lovable person in the world that yep. it, like it delivers on breaking your heart. And he his character is awesome because it kind of pulls the the film off of this movie a little bit Mm -hmm. where he's like reacting the way someone normally would to being talked to by Jake Gyllenhaal's character in in a way that none of the other characters do because they're all also insane in their own way and like power hungry. That's just, and just so many great tension filled moments of just him at a crime scene. Like they do that over and over and it's always, It's varied and it's always interesting. There's always like these inter, you know, 
like him and the other footage grabbing dudes are always like they have their own mm-hmm. relationships going on and that's always like playing out in really creepy ways and it's just oh it's just like looking at something you shouldn't look in on or something for like two hours and oh i was so into it car yeah it's just so good i love it so much i'm so happy you liked it <laughs> yeah I, I don't know how you like it's just it just bowls you over it's just so powerful i thought but I guess I, I have seen some... extreme varying reactions to really? it, which was very surprising to me. Yeah. Like uh, there are some people who similarly like, oh, my God, this is excellent. Like, I'm so um, I was so captured by it. And then there's people who are like, yeah, I don't know, it was good. <laughs> I, I can't. God, I, I don't can't. get that at all. Yeah, though. no, I don't get that at all either. But yeah, I mean, it's like a, it's it's a it's one of these. But like he he takes kind of a generic character archetype and he goes all the way with it and the movie goes all the way with its concept and i don't know i gotta respect that car yeah you keep expecting to see humanity and you don't yes yeah yes (laughs) yes it's really good it's really good nightcrawler reminded me of enemy is that him yeah yeah oh do you mean jake g or the director jake g jake g yes Okay, that is it. Okay. Yeah. He's good at playing that type of character. Yeah, he's the perfect lunatic. A psychopath. Yeah. Yes. Um, awesome. Which also, the prisoner performance is different, but is like, I would say, I would have to think about what the most iconic Jig G roles are to me, but Prisoners is in there and as is Nightcrawler. There's like one other big one we're missing, right? Like young Jake G, maybe? Like, yeah, maybe. On the come up. I get him and what's his face mixed up. Is he Donnie huh. Darko? Yeah, Jake yeah. G's Donnie Darko. Okay. Hmm. <laughs> he was the guy on Scott Pilgrim, right? Hmm. Okay. I love Jake G and Prince of Persia. <laughs> okay, whatever. <laughs> uh, I mean to watch that someday. Uh, I think I did in like AP no, Euro or something. Yeah. No. AP Euro. Oh my God. (laughs) What? Yeah, I'm almost positive. I remember watching it in that classroom. It's time to learn about history, kids. (laughs) The time dagger. Yeah. Yikes. Yikes, yikes, yikes. Okay. Okay. Um, okay, really quick, I'll mention I watched Malcolm Marie, the last 2021. Right. Um, which I don't know what to say about it. I don't think it's like the worst movie of all time, um, as like many people would have you believe. I think it's super muddled. There is a lot. It's like maybe the richest text. Like someone could write a thesis on this movie and like Mm. what went right and what went wrong. And like, what were these people thinking? And like, also the acting is really good and looks really beautiful. Like, it's just there's so many layers to what's happening um, that (laughs) I don't think were adequately explored by Sam Levinson before he made it. Um, Okay. That are like super worthy of criticism, but I think the biggest thing that is helpful to understand the critical response is um, something I learned after watching the movie, which is um, there's a ton of scenes where John David Washington's character, who is a filmmaker who just had a premiere of his movie, um, he's reading the review of this um, woman who... 
um, is a critic for the LA Times. Um, and he's like really kind of ragging on the review and the critic. And apparently this is like very directly about um, Sam Levinson's experience with a critic who reviewed Assassination Nation. Um, so there's all these critics Whoa. watching this movie who are like standing up in defense of the woman who wrote the Assassination Nation review. Um, what? Yeah. I'm lost. Okay. So like, you're, t- you're talking about it, real life drama about this movie being in some way about critics? Yes. Okay. Okay. Like Sam, Sam, the whole movie is like, I, we can assume very much based on Sam Levinson's experience of releasing Assassination Nation, which includes the fact that um, he, Sam Levinson neglected to thank his wife for her um, contributions to the movie in his acceptance speech, which is the main reason that, that there's this conflict between Zendaya's character and John David Washington's character, as well as the fact that, yes, there was this like, big negative review of the movie that um, is clearly an inspiration for another plot line in the movie. And critics don't like it when other critics are um, made fun of, I guess. <laughs> so, like, yeah, there's... Uh, yeah. I'm trying to keep up your car. Are you saying yeah. that the critical response to this movie is tainted by it attacking critics? Yes, like is that, exactly. Okay. So you're saying it's better than the critical consensus or no? So, okay. So there's that aspect of it. And then there's the fact that I don't think this movie is always very well written. It's like okay. super, super overwritten. It could have used about 30 rounds of edits. And the very difficult fact that a lot of this movie has to do with how um, John David Washington's experience is affected by his race. Um, Meanwhile, that's being mixed with Sam Levinson's experience as a white man. And it's just like very muddled. And I don't Mm. think I don't think all of the right choices were made there. Um, (laughs) Okay. I don't think you can make a movie directly about your experience and then add like, okay, and I'll also make it about race in a way Mm. that I don't understand. That just doesn't seem great. Um, I hear you. Okay. But I think, again, it's beautiful. The performances are great. I think it's like, I mean, it's really interesting as an artifact of 2020. Yeah. Um, Yeah. It was all made during the pandemic and you, can like sort of just feel that in the fact it, that like yeah. it's all happening in this house and it's just these two the entire time um mm. yeah i like had a nice time watching it and I, the flaws are extremely obvious and that's kind of fun too where you're just like this is kind of crazy that <laughs> this all happened this yeah, yeah 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 nope um yeah um yeah that's about it for Malcolm marie is it like what i watch it like is it mm. i think you would watch it and hate parts of it that's every movie but i mean mean, there's just these really indulgent like 10 minute long monologues well i don't i don't have a problem with that really i guess i mean going in if that's what i expect out of the movie i don't think Mm. that would be an issue but i think i mean it's a very like cool vibe i mean it's okay is it going on the best vibe cat it's so weird because like it has good vibes but then the vibes are also so bad because it's these people saying terrible things to each other 
and like not like fun terrible things like truly right. terrible things yeah awesome yeah i don't know i think you should give it a go like one of the monologues okay. happens sort of right away so i think that's a good like litmus test for can i deal with this for the next hour and a half i mean if it just feels like being trapped in a room with an arguing couple for that long then i don't that doesn't sound interesting to me at all that's what it is okay <laughs> but, uh, yeah i guess i don't see i the mean they're theory, arguing but... about a lot of different stuff and i think yeah. the like end direction that the argument goes in is really interesting um okay. and like provokes questions that i hadn't really thought about in this way but mm. okay i don't know okay yeah mm. <laughs> man 2021's hitting huh you keep talking about movies i don't even know what the hell you're talking about but <laughs> they're all coming out yeah i mean these are all the things that we've been waiting for for months and months and months and months and months and months and months we yeah it's the royal we okay for me and like and then if there's other people okay yeah well car what is continuing to come out as i frantically open the spreadsheet oh my god i'm sorry two quick things before midnight yeah well okay yeah so that is one before sunset um I talked about before sunrise. I don't have a ton more to say other than to just like implore you to and anyone else to watch this movie. Please watch this movie. It's just it's the most romantic, beautiful thing I've ever seen in my entire oh, life. It is so Chloe. so so sweet. Chloe. Um, <laughs> shut up. <laughs> true? Yeah. Okay. okay. And then the last thing is Doctor Sleep. Um so I this was one that like I always sort of knew I wanted to watch. Um and I'd heard that the director's cut is better than the regular one, but it's three hours. So it's like one Ooh. of those like when in the world am I gonna watch this? Finally did it. Um <laughs> yeah. I it was extremely different than I expected it to be. Okay. Um much sillier than I expected it to be. It yeah. kind of gives me Stranger Things vibes? No. Okay. Kind of like Sense8 vibes <laughs> in its That's silliness. Yeah, I think you might like it a lot. Um, I can see that, yeah. There's like this ragtag group of these... <laughs> I don't know what you call Eight them. Eight people, but... a DJ, an actor, <laughs> yes, yeah. a bus driver. <laughs> um, these people who like eat souls to survive. Um, yeah, and Rebecca you... Ferguson... Rebecca Ferguson is the lead of them, and she wears a top hat, and it's just like, what in if the world? If you look at her, she can see you no matter where you are, so you can't look at her. <laughs> it's just very strange, and then I think Ewan McGregor does a really good job. Of but it like, kind, it like kind of feels like a superhero movie mm. at points, like it, because mm. this little girl... Well, it's about people who have the shine... Or right. can shine or whatever. Yeah, the shining's so stupid. Well, yeah, and I think Continue. this like it gets at the stupid stuff. You know what I yeah. mean? Um, but kind of fun. Like that's not normally my vibe. I was all in for three hours. Like I didn't wow. really get bored. I thought it was fun. I had a nice time. Um, and then at the end you get like the let's revisit some of the shining stuff and like I don't care if I'm just being catered to in that way. Yeah. I had a really fun time with it. Right. Yeah. Like, car, junk food for your brain. Yeah. You it really felt like that. Um, yeah. And I was cool with it. And they found this woman who 
um, plays Shelley Duvall's character and she nails the voice, which Aww. is really fun. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, that's about it. What's wrong with the theatrical cut? It's just not as good. I don't, I don't I actually have been meaning to look up what was not included. I think it's like yeah. half an hour shorter. Hmm. Usually mean, that's a plus car. Yes, it's true. <laughs> it was just like a nice, very nice afternoon sort of thing. You know, yeah. like I got yeah, nothing else to do. This is perfect. I'll watch The Shining too. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, honestly. It, yeah, it is funny because it really feels like it got at all of the stupid stuff that Stephen King likes that Kubrick like yeah. very wisely cut out. But yeah. yeah. No, man, I like the shining love of the book. I think it's, I do too. It's I think it's very fun, but I think like for the movie that Kubrick was going to make, yeah, it wouldn't have made as much sense. Whereas here it like dives straight into all of that. Well, this is based on a book as well, right? Like yeah. This is the, yeah. So you're getting like later day Stephen King here, right? Like, coked out of his mind got hit by a van stephen king yeah i don't know i don't think i've actually read any later day stephen king stuff it's weird car okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah i mean if it's anything like this but you're also getting like they there's some changes to the shining movie from the yeah. book that right. they address or use in this movie which i think is fun because i like how the book ends um, and it was kind of fun to see some of that play out. I like how the book ends also. Yeah. You never read cell car? No. <laughs> Where terrorists use cell phone signals to turn everyone into zombies car? No, but I think I can picture the cover from our family getting it from the library. It's such a bad cover. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. I think about cell sometimes. What a stupid, <laughs> stupid, stupid book. Why do you think about it? Because it's just such a stupid idea for this book. And then it <laughs> sold, you know, millions of copies. Like, all these people bought this stupid book with this terrible cover about cell phone zombies. And they yeah. all read it. Books are so weird to me because there's no quality control. Like, I don't know what a good book is. You know what I'm saying? I mean, it's the same for movies. But a movie's over in two hours. And I know if it was good or not. But you could get halfway <laughs> through a cell and be like, wait a minute. This is garbage. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. Sorry, cell fans out there. And <laughs> yes, the cell army is going to be sorry, teed off. <laughs> Dreamcatcher aficionados out there. Yeah. Anyway, well, that sounds wonderful. Yeah. Has there ever been a book to movie adaptation where they kind of like acknowledge, like, if I may quote a video game here, there's <laughs> a, they did a remake of Final Fantasy VII and Part of the plot deals with forces within the game making sure that the adaptation or the remake adheres to the plot of the original game. Okay. So like a, an aware adaptation. Like this character died at this point in the original and there's like this supernatural force that is making sure that that happens again, but maybe it goes wrong or something. Like, yeah, like this super self-aware form. And I feel like it's just a Charlie Kaufman movie. I feel like I'm just talking about yeah. Charlie Kaufman movie without the supernatural stuff. But it's like Nicolas Cage is aware that he is in a movie of himself or something. So that's yeah, all I there was of. something like that's 
It's like lighting up a little part of my brain that makes me think there is like an even more direct example, but I can't think of it. I will look into it though. (laughs) Okay. I think that's a really interesting concept. Yeah, it is an interesting concept. If someone can do it the right way. Maybe not the Final Fantasy thing I was talking about. (laughs) (laughs) Which is kind of silly. Um, Uh, All right, Car, any other movies before we take a look-see-loop? Okay, I'll just say really quick. I've seen the creep or creep um yeah in college and okay. really liked it and then re-watched that as well as the second one and i just yeah. think they're like really great horror movies and nice uh for people who are into horror movies i think they're like kind of perfect <gasps> that's such a broad brush you're painting with <laughs> it's, i mean they're like they're not supernatural um which normally like that's how you get me scared but like there are amazing jump scares super low budget lo-fi um just like truly eerie man in eerie circumstances i love eerie man in eerie circumstances (laughs) that's my favorite genre card i think you probably like them they're pretty fun and apparently there's a third one coming which is exciting Ooh. Do you think it's going to be bad because they're going to acknowledge that people know what creep is now and it'll be like higher budget? No, no. <laughs> okay. I mean, if there was a Saw book, I, well, there is the book of Saw. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It has a movie in it that hasn't come out yet, this book. Yeah. Uh, I feel like Saw deserves that type of treatment, but. Sure. Someone needs to write the book of Saw. Well, I'm, I'm working on it. It's a book of flesh. <laughs> Where where was this going, Kurt? <laughs> Nothing. I don't know. Um, oh, we can okay. move into the releases. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I thought you were going to talk about Saw in some capacity. But okay. No. Okay. What is, what's coming out, Car? What day is it today? Um, so we're looking at February 19 on. Um, Honestly, there's kind of a lot of either stinkers or just things I haven't heard of in here. Guess. <gasps> there's a guess. Yeah. You'll never get this one, though. Can I do it? Can I do it? Jumbo coming to theaters. Jumbo, right? Not Dumbo? Jumbo. Fascinated by all the carousels and attractions, amusement park employee John. Jean? Jean. This is a French movie, I think, so. Oh, Eric begins a very special (laughs) relationship with Jumbo. And soon it turns out that this attraction also oh yeah 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 i know what this is about the lady who falls in love with the yeah she has sex with the tilt world or whatever the hell is going on in this movie yeah (laughs) Yeah. okay i don't know who guesses though i i'm picturing anne hathaway for some reason but probably not huh so this is a a french movie and it has Um, a french lady starring in it you won't know this person's name okay 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 but in the last I don't want to go. It's a character from a portrait of a lady on fire, or a woman from a portrait of a lady on fire. Oh, which one? I'm gonna say the friend, but not the lover. The third girl. Oh no 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 no! It's the painter. Oh okay. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Kind of slumming it on Jumbo. Hey, come on! Maybe Jumbo's great. I mean, after coming off of Hulu's A Portrait of a Lady on Fire. Yeah. I don't know. Jumbo seems kind of weird. But it is coming to theaters, so it is more prestigious than uh, Martin Scorsese's uh, 
you know, streaming platform dismissal. <laughs> um, um, yeah, so that'll be exciting, <laughs> um, I guess. <laughs> I think we should hit I Care A Lot, um, okay. which is coming to Netflix on February can I, 19th. Can I get a reading with a funny accent, please? No, but I will read it normal. Okay, so a Uper accent. Got it. Go. <laughs> okay. A shady le- legal guardian lands in hot water when she tries to bilk a woman who has ties to a powerful gangster, starring none other than Rosamund Pike, who we love. I read a review of this today. Did you? It sounded Is it pretty positive? interesting. Yeah. Okay. It was the AV Club, and I believe they gave it a B plus. Okay. I mean, yeah, this looks like super fun. The trailer looks fun. Um, I think Rosamund Pike is like a, a great and often underused actress. Um, yeah, this is, there's like some really interesting thought being given to oh, what's it called? It's the good for her like a cinematic universe, which is like huh? when there's a like good for her. Yeah, which is like the Arrested <laughs> Development meme. Um, which (laughs) (laughs) you're gonna have to explain this one to me car okay so basically movies like say you're gone girl or your um god i can't think of it midsummer basically when there's like a woman who ends up being often a white and blonde woman sure who like um (laughs) Yeah. makes bad things happen but you kind of then feel like oh good for her or at least that's like what the common interpretation is sure. um and like there's like more and more movies like this and there's kill basically bill. huh kill bill one and two of course oh sure kill bill's an interesting one but that's like getting too close to like it makes sense why maybe not why she killed like a ton of people but like why she's doing what she's doing oh it's gotta be more ambiguous it's gotta be kind of like hmm. well that's kind of the point that like people are making right now is like why good for her and like yeah. why are these movies just about white ladies and like i mean like to be perfectly honest these are movies that i enjoy a lot and like yeah. characters i find really interesting but I think it's like worth interrogating why, like what this trend is and like what's happening and yeah. maybe where it fails us a little bit. I think there's stuff going on in Gone Girl that I just wasn't willing to put up with at the time that maybe I should go back and watch. Like, I don't think that's true of Midsummer at all. I just don't think I like Midsummer. Yeah. Uh, but I think there's there's a vibe to Gone Girl that I think I would probably like that movie more if I went back and watched it again. I, to be honest, I think, I don't think any of the movies that are being discussed in that trend are going for that response. You know what I mean? And that's, I think maybe the more interesting thing is like that the knee jerk for a lot of these is like, you you end up sort of rooting for them in the end, or like, it feels fun that these ladies are doing these bad things when like, really there's a lot of like evil surrounding how they yeah. ended up there and like what they're doing. And that's probably the more nuanced and true uh, examination of it. And like, yeah I, yeah, I think both of those movies are truly really great movies and especially Gone Girl. I mean, actually does explore some really like interesting dynamics and yeah, I think is worth talking about. But in general, I think like <laughs> it is an interesting trend and like the yeah. fact that there's even like a meme associated with these types of movies, like tells you something. Um, sure. Yeah. 
I don't know. I just feel like I came out of Gone Girl and every other response I saw was just like, yes, queen. Like, yeah, that's exactly it. That's like, that's like exactly the response that this is talking about. Yeah. Ugh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Which just like can't be the response. The response has to be like about 50 levels deeper than that, because obviously David Fincher didn't want you yeah, to I, walk away and go, yes, queen. <laughs> <laughs> you admit. Oh, no. Yeah. Um, I have a fun Rosamund Pike bit of trivia here um which is that she's in the doom movie based on doom and if you look at the netflix poster for doom it's just rosamund pike even though i'm sure she's not the main character of that movie (laughs) but this is how we're gonna sell doom to people browsing netflix is a big picture of rosamund pike's face i mean do you know the whole thing about how netflix serves up different posters to oh no you based on your am i being targeted yeah i think (laughs) or at least to be fair our family account is being targeted sure i guess i'm not watching a lot of movies like hey i watch sense8 so they know they're like you don't want the demon you just want lady looking off screen yeah no that's exactly right thanks netflix yep um okay so yes i think this movie is probably going to be really fun and i'm looking forward to it it looks cool oh i'm interested in it yes um nomadland is coming out for like the 50th time on this sheet but this time so that we can actually watch it which is cool. <laughs> it's cool. Do you feel bad that you're gonna have to watch it on a TV? No, I mean, like I'm. I haven't gone to a theater in a year. I this is yeah. Normal. This just seems such a like a. I can just picture in my brain all the like, yeah. sweeping shots of America. I kind of tell myself with some of this stuff that like I don't know if it's true, but it's like a thought I have that carries me through. Is like. They'll show a bunch of this stuff again, and I can watch in theaters in like a year. <laughs> I just don't want to rewatch movies. I guess. Oh, no? I love rewatching movies. I know you do. Yeah, there is one interesting wrinkle that I just learned that, like, uh, I don't know. Hmm. <laughs> Go on. <laughs> uh, maybe I should. I don't know. What? 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 It's so Chloe Zhao, who I really, I really like. Uh-oh. The writer, writer. Um, Uh-oh. It, it's just interesting. Basically, she's Uh-oh. from a billionaire family. And uh-huh. yeah, it puts an interesting spin on like <laughs> these stories. Uh-huh. It's like one of those like, hey, I don't know. I'm just interested to see how that plays out with this movie specifically. Where <sighs> like the line is a woman embarks on a journey through the American West after losing everything during the recession. Um, I mean... Frances McDormand isn't poor either. No, that's exactly what I was going to say is like, I, so I saw that and like, I think that is worthy of an examination. However, I think like we have a tendency to do this to like women and people of color when like most people making movies are extremely wealthy and we don't care most of the time. Um, Sure. Yeah. So like, it doesn't take away the need to like, think about that. I think it is still an interesting fact. It's just like, yeah. I hope that doesn't become like the narrative that drives whether people like Nomadland or not. I could see that. <clears throat> and I'm just putting this thought out there. I'm just making this thought into reality, but I could see if Nomadland won a bunch of awards. Yeah. People starting to look at that a little bit and be like, well, she probably had some connection with huh? Yeah, which is like, it is also a different thing, I think, when someone like comes from wealth versus like, a lot of people in movies are wealthy because they make movies and are successful at it. Like, 
So I think that's fair to take into consideration, too. I don't know. Like, I don't know what the answer is there. It's just like an interesting. I I guess I would never, ever guess that from the writer. Yeah. Right. Yeah, that's weird, Car. That's, uh, huh. Hmm. I mean, it's not weird. It kind of is weird. (laughs) Like, that's, I don't know. Yeah, I I guess, I mean, tons of people in Hollywood, yeah, just come into it. I mean, hers isn't a case of nepotism. I don't think, like, her family's company has anything to do with media. But, like, Sam Levinson, who made Malcolm and Marie, is the son of, what's his face? Um, God, why can't I think? (laughs) The other Levinson. Uh... Ah, uh, da, 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 da. Barry <laughs> Oh, what? Who did Rain Man? Oh, um, okay. And others. Good morning, so Vietnam. Like, huh? There's like three families making all movies. Got it? Yeah, I mean that's kind of true. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. It's also complicated. We'll see. I am very, very excited to see No Man Land, regardless. Car, uh, what about? The Merchant. Yeah, I don't know. This was one of those like it, it's coming to theaters. I had never heard of it before. I don't think the people in this just seem so random to me. Uh, do you want to read the thingamajigger? Of course, a defense attorney, her associate, and a military prosecutor uncover a far-reaching conspiracy while investigating the case of a suspected nine eleven terrorists imprisoned at Guantanamo Bay, Cuba, for six years. Yeah, and then Shailene Woodley, Benedict Cumberbatch, and Jodie Foster are in it, which are three people I don't think should ever be in a movie together. <laughs> I don't know who Shailene Woodley is. She just got engaged to um, Aaron Rodgers. Okay, I, I've i seen a picture of Shailene Woodley. Okay. She's from Big Little Lies. Um, okay. Oh, um, 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 The Descendants. She's the daughter, which is like, I think the first time a lot of people saw her. I don't know what that means. You would recognize her. She's in tons of stuff now. She's very talented. Okay. Yeah. Is this like a serious, like, serious movie? Yeah, I think so. Okay, cool. I love serious <laughs> movies. Okay. About 9-11. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think those are the big ones to hit, probably. Car, we didn't talk about Silk Road! <laughs> yeah. Oh, actually, no. I did kind of want to talk about this one. Well, it's coming to theaters and VOD in a young, idealistic, and driven to succeed... I shouldn't have put a uh, at the beginning because that ruined that <laughs> sentence and I didn't realize I did that even. <laughs> Ross Ulbricht creates Silk Road, the internet's first. Wait, is this a documentary? No, I thought that at first as well, but no. When the site, be- but that's a real thing. Yes. Okay. When the site becomes a multi, is it like a historical? <laughs> Finish the description. <laughs> Sorry. When the site becomes a multi-million dollar pipeline for illicit drugs. Albrecht draws the attention of Rick Bowden, Bowden, a dangerously unpredictable DEA agent who uses any means necessary to take him down. Yeah, so I think this is like a docudrama sort of thing. Ooh, Um, no more docudramas. No, I'm kind of super into this. I did kind of just want it to be a straight up documentary because I think the Silk Road is like extremely, extremely interesting. Yes. But I'm still down for like someone to make a probably melodramatic version of this fire up your tour browser and <laughs> yes. download silk road who's yeah. jason clark 
you would recognize him. It just makes so much sense. He plays the DEA agent, um, mm. and it's like, yeah, he plays like I think a DEA, DEA agent in everything, or at least like always a bad <laughs> bureaucrat. I don't know who this is, but your description is spot on. <laughs> and the like, really, um, the. The role that I always think of him from is uh, in Chappaquiddick, where he plays it. Is it which Kennedy is it? The one who kills the woman? Um, I didn't understand like half the words in the sentence <laughs> you just said. Chappaquiddick, which is about the Kennedy who killed a woman and like nothing happened to him for it. Um, he plays that Kennedy and he's just such a smarmy, smarmy man in that movie. <laughs> he uh, was in Our Lips Are Sealed. Our Lips Are Sealed is a 2000 direct-to-video <laughs> film starring Mary-Kate and Ashley Olsen. The film was set and filmed in Sydney, Australia. They're yeah, in front you of would. the okay. opera house on the cover. Sorry, go ahead. Okay. I mean, you've definitely seen him in a bunch of stuff. I um, haven't. You keep saying that, yes, but I've not seen any have. of these movies he's in. I promise you have. I promise, promise, promise. Oh, all my favorite movies like White House Down, The Great Gatsby, <laughs> Mudbound, Serenity, First Man. Public Enemies. Car, I haven't seen any of these movies. What about The Devil All the Time, Terminator Genesis, Pet Cemetery? Have remake. you seen Public Enemies? No. Oh. Zero Dark Thirty, Dawn of the Planet of the Apes, The Aftermath, The Man with you the Iron Heart, White House Down. No, Stay I hate Jason Clark. <laughs> okay. This is the new um, Patrick Wilson. Is Jason Clark? No, because I yeah. love Patrick Wilson. Okay. The Killing of Two Lovers, a man desperately tries to keep his family of six together during a separation from his wife. <laughs> Car, we need to end this. The yeah. coffee is wearing off the Coca-Cola coffee. Oh, yeah, the disgusting. I didn't make it all the way down to the bottom. You can hear a little so gross. That honestly makes me like. It's a tall can. Of course it is. Always a tall can with those types of things. Sip and scan. Register trademark. OpenCoke.com on phone. Scan icon. Enjoy more. I like how there were so few words in each of those steps. Ingredients. Carbonated water. <laughs> no, high no, fructose no, no, corn no, no, no. syrup. Caramel color. Coffee powder. Phosphoric coffee acid. Powder. Natural flavors. Caffeine. Sodium benzoate and potassium sorbate to protect <laughs> taste. Sucralose, acetylsalicylate, potassium, acetylsalicylate, <laughs> uh, powdered coffee from Brazilian coffee beans. Caffeine content sixty nine milligrams. Is that a lot? I don't know. No, that seems okay. like about the same as a cup of coffee. No, oh, uh, it doesn't feel like I drink a cup of coffee. It feels like I drink a really gross beverage. Yeah. Okay, one cup of brewed coffee, eight ounces, contains 70 to 140 milligrams. So, oh, my God. Yeah, why would you drink that instead of drinking? That's a great question, because it has sugar in it? Yeah. You can put sugar, sugar in coffee. Actually. Only 18 grams of sugar. What's in this oh, thing? Oh, really? What am I drinking? Huh. <laughs> Uh-oh. Uh-oh. I gotta go. Car, thanks for talking yeah. about movies. Yeah, so what am no I watching? Problem. Prisoners and... Holy crap. Are we doing Prisoners? Sure. Okay. I could pick a movie, but you won't like it. <laughs> no, pick a movie. Pick a movie. Oh, I, I don't have one ready. Oh, my God. <laughs> I would like to watch Prisoners, though. <laughs> one empty threat. I need, like, a good... I want more movies like The Little Things. Okay, then Prisoners is it, yeah. But that's different, isn't it? No. What do you mean? I want like a like a 
Silence of the Lambs, but not a terrible movie type of thing. Silence of the Lambs is not a terrible movie, first of all. Prisoners um, is like, a, um, I think it's like a kid is abducted and okay, okay. there's a police yeah. officer on it yeah. and they're trying to find the guy. And yeah. also there's these family members who are taking it into their own hands. Okay, I like that. Yeah. And Paul Dano is the bad guy. Uh, okay. Yeah. Kai, remember when we watched the movie where J-Lo went into people's dreams and the detective yes. guy was Vince Vaughn? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> cool. What was that called? I do it. The Cell, of course. <laughs> Everyone's favorite movie. 